Welcome to Evangel Church, where we believe in seeing changed lives changing lives. This is the power of the Holy Spirit at work. What you're sensing and experiencing this morning, this isn't anything else but the power of the Holy Spirit at work in the church. And I don't know if some of you know, does anyone know what today is on the calendar? It's Pentecost Sunday. It's our church's birthday. I don't know if you knew that. This is the birthday of the church. Some of you say this is very abnormal. This is different. You know why? Because we've been praying, God, would you visit us this Pentecost Sunday in a way you haven't before? Would you come and would it feel like the first Pentecost again? Would your spirit move in our midst? In church, you know what we're seeing? We're seeing God answering his prayer because he's always faithful to fulfill his promises. Well, here's what happened in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, that as they stood together in one place on the day of Pentecost, they're gathering together. Do you know what they were doing on that day? They didn't have songs that I don't think sounded this good, um, but they had choruses and verses of Scripture that they sang. They didn't have melodies uh, and, and all kinds of instruments they were praying, but you know what they were doing? They were worshiping, and they were together in one place. And as they were doing that, as they were lifting their voices, the Bible says that there was a sound like a rushing wind. And it enveloped the whole room that they were sitting and said that then there were tongues like fire that came and they descended and they rested upon them. And as they're praying and as there's this sound, something happens. And it says that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 4, it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit, everyone present. And they began speaking in other languages, other tongues, as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability to do it. And what happens as a result of that? is that Peter gets up in front of thousands of people and he does what we just read about in Acts chapter 4, that he preached the word with such boldness. He shared the, 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 with passion what God had done. He said to them, because you know what the people said? They said, they're crazy, they're drunk. <laughs> They've been drinking too much. You know what would happen if someone came through and walked into this space about three minutes ago? You know what they would think? These people have lost their mind. They're crazy, what's going on? They've been drinking too much, what's happening? Some of you are like, hold on, wait, oh, that's weird. Yeah, what does that mean? No, this is what Peter said. No, it's not that at all. It's that the word of God is being fulfilled through the prophet Joel. Here's what he said. He said, in these last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, on young and old, that they will prophesy. They're going to see signs. They're going to see wonders. They're going to see God doing amazing things. It's no accident that today is what we call Super Serve Sunday. And you know who's with us in our services today serving? Our children. Our children are serving us, communion. They're with us today. I'm believing that what God is doing today is going to be a fresh touch from generation to generation. He's just going to do something from generation to generation in our midst. Peter got up and he spoke the word with boldness. And he wasn't doing it under his own power. He was doing it under the power of the Holy Spirit. Zechariah, the prophet, said this, It's not by power, it's not by might but it's by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. He says it's going to be by my spirit that I'm going to move in you and through you. And here's what some of you need to know today. That there are a series of circumstances that may feel like they're pressing up against you on every single side. You may feel that you're inadequate to face the things that are in front of you right now. You may feel that you are just falling apart at the seams. I, I know some of the circumstances that are found in this room, and I know they're bigger than you are. But I don't know many of your circumstances because nobody knows them. Because they're a battle that you're fighting on the inside, and you haven't let anyone else into that. And I want you to know the Holy Spirit is knocking at the door of your heart today and said, Welcome me. Welcome 
put me in and watch how I'm going to become your strength. Watch how I'm going to lead you and guide you and sustain you through what you're facing right now. And I want you to know that there's going to be a shaking on this Pentecost Sunday. And I'm believing God to fill you afresh with a touch from him. I want you to know something today. What you need is on the other side of an encounter with the Holy Spirit today. That what you need and what you've been praying for isn't going to be found in your own power, isn't going to be found in your own strength. It's going to be found in the power of the Holy Spirit working in you and through you. Today we're preaching a series, and beginning one, called Four People Every Person Needs in Their Life. It's about the power of four relationships that I believe are providential relationships God put in our lives. And we must lean into them if we're going to become who he's called us to be. Do you want to know who the first person is that you need to know today? The person of the Holy Spirit. You need to know him. And if you don't know him, you need to get to know him. Because he desires to move in your life. And I believe we're just seeing a first taste of it today, church. So are we ready to spend just a few moments in God's word? Let's unpackage this. And we're going to get right back to these altars, all right? I feel bad for some of you that are standing this whole time. You can stay here standing the whole time if you want. I'm good. But if you need to take a seat, sit down anywhere you'd like to. Church, if you want to sit, you could sit. You could stand. I'm good. Um, I'm ready to go. Are you ready to go? God is good. I'm on page four now of my notes. I'm jumping all around. I just feel like God's leading through the message today. So we started in Acts chapter 4. It talks about this group of believers. Peter was one of them. And I want to I introduce you for just a few moments in, in Scripture to the person of Peter because I believe it's in Peter's life that you can really get to know the person of the Holy Spirit really well. One of the things that's amazing is that when we think about people and a person, um, we often think about people that look kind of like us. But I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is a person as well. It's evidenced in the Scriptures. Holy Spirit isn't a thing. It's not it. It's the third person of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I want you to know that he's here today because God is a God who always is faithful to his promises. And you know why he's here today? Because Jesus promised he would be here today. He promised that we wouldn't be alone, you and me. Some of you have felt very alone in a season. Maybe you've forgotten that there's someone with you and someone in you, and it's the Holy Spirit. The most misunderstood part of the Trinity there's a lot of mystery that might surround the person of the Holy Spirit, but I want to just take a moment in God's word to show you how he works in and through lives, ordinary lives, broken lives, inadequate lives, just like our lives. And you have a few moments in scripture where you can see the Holy Spirit and he shows up through a few images. One is as a dove, as we see here. That's on the day of Jesus' baptism. When Jesus is baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist, it says that heaven opens and to hear the voice of God, this is my son whom I love with him, I am well pleased. And then it says the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. So he descends, he looks like a dove. On the day of Pentecost, tongues of fire. But I believe the greatest way to see who and how the Holy Spirit works is in the lives of people. That's the way we see all throughout Scripture, that you get to know the Holy Spirit through how he's working in and through lives. And Peter's life is a prime example of this. Peter is someone who got up on the day of Pentecost, 
and with all boldness and confidence preached a sermon like I've never preached before, that like a sermon that has never been preached in this pulpit before. On that day, 3,000 people turn their hearts to Jesus. They go from thinking that this man and those people had too much to drink to turning their hearts to Jesus. And on that day, on Pentecost, the original day, the first Pentecost that there was in the New Testament church, in the book of Acts chapter 2, the church was hit with revival instantly. Thousands upon thousands of people. But it came through someone that was bold, that stood up full of the Holy Spirit and began to speak and do what he could have never imagined himself doing before. Whenever we see what's happened in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it says that the believers were filled with the Holy Spirit. It's what gave them the power to do what we read about in Scripture. I want you to know something today, that Jesus made a promise. He made a promise that you and I were going to go into the world and make disciples. That's what we've ultimately been called to uh, to be. We've been called to be as a church, the way we say it is we've been called to be changed lives, changing lives. We're meant to have come to Jesus, and we're meant to go out and tell others about Jesus so they can come to Jesus. Because when you come to Jesus, your life is changed. You're different. You're not the same as you used to be. So we talk a lot about that. The children that are sitting in here today and have been serving us, they have a giant change shirt on. You know why? Because it's more than a word. It's a proclamation of what Jesus has done in us. He made a promise that we would go out. And he says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he said, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You know what I, I noticed about this passage right here? He says these are the places in your own backyard, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, the, the greater region, and Samaria, which is a place that no one wanted to go to that he was talking to, and to the ends of the earth. You know what Jesus said? I'm going to give you power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you're going to be my witnesses everywhere. You're going to be right in your own backyard. You're going to be all around this area. You're going to be in the places that you don't want to go and no one wants to go. You're going to be my witnesses there. You're going to be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. He made a promise that this would happen, but here's what I'm so thankful for, is that when we think about that incredible opportunity to be a witness, to actually stand for him and help others come to know him, it's a task that's bigger than we are. It was a task that's bigger than they were. And here's what I'm so thankful for, is that Jesus doesn't just make promises and we go off the promise. He always provides the power behind the promise to make it happen. There's some of us that our promises are just that. They're promises in their words, but they're never met with any power. There's nothing behind them. They're empty promises. I want you to know something today. Jesus makes powerful promises. He makes promises that when you lean on it, you're filled with power. You're met with power. Jesus said that. He said, you're going to be my witnesses. You're going to make disciples in all nations. And you're going to be filled with power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So Jesus doesn't just give us the plan. He gives us the power to fulfill it. He gives us everything we need to do what he's called and created us to do. And so when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, When a believer has come to this place, it's all about an equipping with power to do what Jesus has called and created you to do. To give you a power, a confidence, a boldness that you didn't know you had. To give you strength that you never knew existed. And it's a power that's at work in you and through you. See, like I said, Jesus made a promise. If you go back to John chapter 14, verses 16 through 17, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And he said, I'm going to ask the Father, and he's going to give you a helper who's going to be with you. 
How long is he going to be with us? Forever? You sure? Some would say that, oh, maybe the power of the Holy Spirit in this way is, has ceased. Like, it only happened then. I don't think Jesus would have used this word then. He would have said for a season, for a little while, just to get the church started. Now, the Holy Spirit wasn't there to jumpstart the church in the book of Acts. It was to sustain the church in power so we could look just like the church in the book of Acts. And he says this in verse 17. He said, And the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it doesn't see him or know him, but you are going to know him because he abides with you, it will be in you. So we see that, and it's not it will be in you, and it will be with He will be with you, and he will be in you. The power of the Holy Spirit, he will be at work in us. The Bible says that the same Spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the the same power is at work in us. When you come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you call upon him, the Bible says you receive the gift of the Spirit. You receive the, the Spirit in you, that the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. You receive the Holy Spirit at the moment that you turn your life to Jesus. And that's an initial time where you're touched and you receive the Holy Spirit. He's now dwelling inside of you. But there's a moment that happens after salvation where there is what is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where it's not just that the Holy Spirit's in you, but there is an overflow that happens in your life, where you receive in the same way that we see a water baptism that is an overflow of water over us, that we go into the waters now, living water comes out of us, and we receive the Holy Spirit poured into our lives, overflowing from our lives, and it's through that that the early church received an endowment of power to go out and live a life that Jesus had always envisioned for his people. Not a life of fear and a life that it would hold us back, but a life filled with power to experience everything God has for us. This was the promise he made, that the Holy Spirit would come, that you and I would never be alone, that he'd be with us forever. But that means that we need to cultivate a relationship with him. We need to get to know that he's with us. He's not just with us when we're here together and corporately gathered, but he's with us. He's in us. He desires to lead and guide your life everywhere that you go. And I want you to know something today because some would see this idea that, you know, if, if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and I've experienced this, that that makes me better than someone else. Almost like it's a, a badge. And if you've been in Christian circles for a while, it's kind of like a badge, maybe a superiority. Like, well, are you spirit-filled? I'm, I'm spirit-filled. I checked that one off. I'm, I'm good. I want you to know something today. It doesn't make you better than anyone else because it's a gift. It's a gift. It's not something we've earned. It's something God has given. We have a good father, a good, good father. And he says, how much more will he give you the Holy Spirit if you ask him? He's given that gift. But I've learned something. And this is what's going to tie in for the kind of next few moments of this message. That the Holy Spirit and the, being filled with the Holy Spirit, it doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. It doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. And I want you to know something. I need to be better than me. <laughs> I need to experience that kind of grace and that kind of strength in my life. I heard a pastor down in Alabama, he had shared that, Pastor Chris Hodges, he said that uh, a few months back when I was visiting with a few of our pastors, he said, the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you, it makes me better than me. I thought, yes, yes, that's what it's all about. And we see that show up in the life of Peter. Because Peter, 50 days before this moment in time, Peter feels like he had been an utter failure. 
because you fast forward a little further past that, on the last days, when Jesus was going through his most difficult circumstances, his most trying hour, everyone deserted him. All of those who promised to be closest to him, they made all kinds of promises, but they were empty promises. And Jesus said to them, you're going to deny me. You're all going to turn your backs on me. I'm going to the cross. I'm going to suffer. And Peter in Matthew chapter 26 says, I will never deny you. I will die with you, Jesus. In Matthew 26, 35, I believe. He says, I will die with you. I will not deny you. And then all the disciples said the same thing. And Jesus turned to Peter and said, I'm telling you before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me. You're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. You're going to turn your back on me, Peter. Peter never believed it, never could. In fact, by the time Jesus was being arrested, he cut off the ear of one of the, the guards that came to seize him. I mean, he was so passionate. But don't you know it, that as Jesus was taken deeper and deeper into his trial, and as he was taken into custody, Peter was distancing himself more and more and more. And someone who had all these words and all these promises stood at a place at a distance. And by the time we get to Luke chapter 22, he's standing there warming himself by the fire. Here's how the Bible says what happened in that time. It says that after they arrested Jesus, they led him away. And there was a fire that was kindled in the courtyard. And Peter was sitting there among them. And a servant girl, a little girl, came seeing him. And she said to him, This man was with Jesus too. And he denied it, saying, Woman, I don't know him. And a little later... Another saw him, and he said, you're one of them too. And Peter said, no, I'm not. And after about an hour had passed, another man began to insist, saying, certainly this man has been with him because he's a Galilean too. And Peter said, man, I don't know what you are talking about. And immediately as he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. In one of the most painful moments in Scripture, I believe, right here. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter, remember, what the word that the Lord had given him and how he had told him before the rooster crows today, you're going to deny me three times. Verse 62, and then Peter went out and began to weep bitterly. Have you ever come to that point where maybe you've fallen short and maybe you've realized that you haven't done what you ought to do, where you've come up short and you had all the best intentions? They say the road to hell is paved with good intentions. We've made empty promises and we stand there on the end of it and what we've wanted to do, we just haven't been able to do. It's not that the outside circumstances are, there's no one else, but it's just like we've stood in that place and it's like, I wanted to be that, but, it, but when push came to shove, I, I didn't do it. I didn't rise up. Man, whenever the pressure came on, I, I spoke out and I lost my, my, I, my temper. Whenever I did, like what came out of my life wasn't what needed to and what I promised would and what I hoped and believed could happen in me. There are moments that you're going to come face to face with your own inadequacy to do what you need to do. And it's good to know that the Holy Spirit doesn't make you better than anyone else. It makes you better than you in that moment. That he is going to give you power to do what you can't do on your own. Because if you could do it on your own, why would you need him? And I want you to know the practical side. I just feel led to tell you this. There's such a practical side to the filling and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. I think some would think, well, I only need to be filled with the Holy Spirit if I'm going to go out to be a, a missionary somewhere in some other country. No. 
You need the power of the Holy Spirit to walk through the doors of your job tomorrow. You need the power of your Holy Spirit to go home to a spouse that doesn't know the Lord. You, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. So every time you pick up the phone and your wayward child's talking to you about this, that, or the other thing, and you need the power of the Holy Spirit to give you words in that very moment that would lead them towards life. I want you to know that being a witness is not about a vocation. It's about a calling, and it's about an identity that you live out every single day in the way that you live your life. And I want you to know, before you're called around the world, you're called to those that are around you every single day. You're called to be a witness. And I want you to know, when you've surrendered your life to God, and when you've received the filling of the Holy Spirit in your life, what's happening is he's marked you and he's going to use you. There will be divine appointments all around you, but there's also going to be strength. Strength to overcome temptation. Strength to stand whenever everyone else is falling. Strength to hold your own whenever everything in the world would push you to compromise. There's a strength that the Holy Spirit wants to provide you. you got to get to know him, church, because he wants to fill you with power. Power to live as a light in this world today to stand confidently and boldly that when the world is falling apart, that you can it can drive you to your knees and he can shake the place where you're praying and fill you afresh and give you everything you need to live in that moment. That's the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives today. Some of you... You need the power of the Holy Spirit to jumpstart a stalled prayer life. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to just remind you again that God isn't done with you, that he hasn't left you, that he has a plan and purpose for you. I said that there are four people that every person needs. The first person is the person of the Holy Spirit. He's here. He's among us. The Bible said he'll never leave us. He'll be with us forever. For me, I had no idea. But it's through that relationship, the relationship that started with me coming to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, that I developed a relationship with the Holy Spirit where I experienced the filling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, as we see in the book of Acts. You know, God brings people into your life at just a, a key moment in time. And I want you to know, there are, are relationships that I know have happened in my life that God brought them there at that exact moment because I needed them. They were providential relationships. Ones that met me and led me through a season of life, and I don't know where I'd be if God did not put that person in my life. You know what I'm talking about? One of them, his name was Mike. I could have literally went one way or the other. Let's say this side was one lunch table in the middle of our lunchroom cafeteria at school. It was full of friends of mine that I've been friends with for years. But before long, when I came back to my ninth grade um, year, and I'm sitting with them, what started as I'm smoking some cigarettes and drinking a little bit turned into them using heavy drugs, and I'm sitting at the lunch table with them again and again. I'm just finding myself not interested in any of the things that they're doing. And so I'm just sitting there hearing them tell their stories, watching what's happening. And in that moment, I'm thinking, oh, I don't really want to be a part of this. But I didn't have anywhere else to go. God brought Mike into my life through me being on a sports team. Before long, he said, why don't you don't sit with us? Come sit with me. Come sit over here. And every now and again, I'd bounce back. But I want you to know, the more I'd bounce back, the more I realized, I want to be there. I don't want to be here. Because there's something in Mike that isn't in them that I, I want to experience something like that. Poor long, I learned it was the presence of Jesus in his life when he invited me to a camp. And I went to a church service, and I said yes to Jesus Christ. Before that, I was an atheist, and I was hopeless. Now, Jesus has saved my life and set me free. And I spent time telling some of my friends 
that had sat over there about Jesus and trying to get them to see. And I'm just reminded this morning, it's, it's overwhelming to consider one of the guys that sat there, he overdosed and died of a drug overdose a couple years ago. This is serious. But God brought someone into my life at the very moment I needed. And I want you to know that was ordained by the Holy Spirit. God's working and moving. But when I went to that camp and I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, a couple days later, I had no idea. I had no idea. I have read the Bible. I just, I just come to faith in Jesus. I'm like, if you're real, then I'm all in. I want everything you have for me. And in the midst of one of the services, they gave an altar call. I'm going to invite El- Eloy and Stephanie to come back up and join me. And as they gave this altar call, it meant everyone could just respond and come forward just like we did a few moments ago. I said, God, if you have anything else for me, I want everything you have for me. I didn't know about the Holy Spirit. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know what he had come to do. I I didn't know anything about anything. I just wanted all that God had for me. I wanted God to overflow in my life. And I walked forward, and I just stood amongst a bunch of other people singing, just like we saw here, just like we're going to see here again in a few moments. And as I sang out, and as I tried to sing to the words, because I didn't know the words at that time, I'm trying to sing the words out. And as I'm singing, there's a different language coming out of my mouth. And I had no idea what was taking place. And and so it scared me. And I just slipped out quietly because there were hundreds of kids in the room. And I just sat outside for a little while. And after the service, my friends came to me and they said, hey, what's going on? I said, something strange happened at the end of that time up there. I went forward and, and as I was singing, other languages came out of my mouth. And I didn't recognize them. And so I just kind of you know, left. I didn't know what that is and what's going on, but um, I'm not sure what's happening. And they opened up to the book of Acts chapter 2, and they said, this is what happened. And they said, this is what happens when someone gets filled with the Holy Spirit and receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I want you to know, church, when I was introduced to the work of the Holy Spirit and the person of the Holy Spirit through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I didn't even know who he was, what he came to do, anything about it. So for some of you today, I'm going to invite you to this altar. And we're going to spend some time today. And we're going to spend some more time tonight. And in a couple weeks, we're going to have another opportunity on a Holy Spirit Saturday to come together again. And there's going to be opportunity after opportunity. Mark your calendars. You'll see it in the announcements before we all leave. That on June 24th, we have a Holy Spirit Saturday. It's an opportunity to come together. And what we're doing is we're going to come together and just worship God and just receive from Him. Receive from the Holy Spirit what He has for us. So would you stand to your feet with me today? I believe that God wants to touch us afresh and anew today. I believe what he began as we began this message was just the beginning of what he wants to do in your life and through your life. For some of you, he's already brought a measure of freedom through what just transpired. Before I even opened my mouth, God was already bringing freedom to you. I could feel it. I could sense it. But I went for others of you. You're right on the edge of it, and God's ready to bring it there. So I don't want you to, to stand back. Some of you are standing all the way in the back of the, 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 the sanctuary up in the balcony, and you're thinking, like, I'm not going to come down, you know, but something's pulling you. Don't stop and don't stand back when the Holy Spirit's nudging you. Learn to listen to his voice. And so I want to give us an opportunity for these final moments. I want to just go back into a time of worship. And I want to open these altars. And there's a few people that I believe need to respond today. First, for those that you've never experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit as I've just explained it. 
And I just want to give you an opportunity. I can't do anything. I can't give that to you. God's the one who gives the gift. Jesus is the spirit baptizer. He's the one who does this work in our lives. And so you come with just an open and willing heart and a receptive heart saying, God, I want everything you have for me. And you come forward and begin to seek him. That's all you'll do today. And I invite you to these altars. But for so many more that you've maybe received that, but maybe you're in a dry place today. Maybe you just need a fresh touch from him today. I need a fresh touch from him today. That I'm just believing that on this Pentecost Sunday, the Holy Spirit, he will pour himself out on us, that we're going to receive a fresh touch from him together just as we've begun. But let's just invite him into this place. And I'm going to invite you now, as you hear the sound of my voice, to come to these altars and let's just come and let's worship the Lord together for just a few moments. And let's just experience whatever it is he'd have for us this morning. Come on down, right where you're at. Come from the balcony. Begin just to take a posture right now of prayer before the Lord. We hope you have been challenged and blessed by this message. For more information, visit us at evangelchurch.com.